0: .com
1: It's time now for a Pawn Further Review with your host Josh Norman here on WJQS The Fan.
2: Welcome in for another edition of a Pawn Further Review. I'm your host Josh Norman. We are in the Garner Dental Studios and you can join us via the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. Text line 601-817-0106 or you can give us a call at 601-366-1180. Whether you're listening to us on 106.3 The Fan FM, 1400 a.m. or online at wjqsthefan.com. We appreciate you joining us wherever you are listening to us. We want to Think. We've got Bill. Welcome, Bill, in here hello, uh, to the show.
3: Hello, hello. <laughs>
2: Bill's on the board with us tonight, as, uh, as always. And we've got uh, a fascinating show for you tonight. As there's a tremendous amount of cover. And, and, and listen, this is an unbelievable time for sports. When you consider uh, the, the women's championship just uh, ending uh, last night in, in, <laughs> in, in an unbelievable game, uh, you've got the men's championship, NCAA championship tonight. Uh, you've got baseball happening, all of the spring sports uh, at the high school and collegiate level, uh, you've got the Masters, man. If you're a golfer, Masters week is uh, is coming up, and uh, that is going to be an exciting event as well. So there's a lot to cover uh, on tonight's show, and we're looking forward to it and uh, certainly thankful that you have joined us. Uh, Garner Dental Studios, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Collar and Text Line. Also want to mention Jerry Brewer, a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. Contact Jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com. You know, Bill, I, I asked you when I came in, and I, I, I've got I've to tell you guys this, and I want I want you to text me if you've ever uh, dug a a, a, a <laughs> trench or laid a French drain. Um, so I had this incredible idea that, hey, you know what, I'm going to save a few bucks. I want to take on a little project around the house. Uh, we had to lay a French drain. It was about 100 foot. Uh, worth the drain, and so uh, a few days ago, uh, actually it was on Friday evening. I just started digging and uh, laying my uh, my trench, and and uh, had gotten all the materials and had the, uh, the the rock delivered, the whole deal. And I got about twenty feet in, and uh, the the lower back started talking uh-huh. to me, and and I was like, hey, I think I'm a little <laughs> bit bigger project than I anticipated. So yeah. uh, I want to give a shout out right now to my guy Eddie Jones. Eddie and, and his crew came out and bailed me out this morning.
3: Finished uh, up, <laughs> and
2: uh, I got about 25 feet in, and, and 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 they came out and dug the rest for me. So, Eddie, if if you and the guys are listening, you guys are amazing, and I appreciate you coming out this morning and and and, and helping me out. Uh, and then also, I've got to tell you, I don't know about your wife or 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 spouse or or um or significant other, but I'm going to tell you something. My wife is amazing, and. You know, I came. She came in today. Had the day off from school. She's a school teacher. The kids were at home. She went and ran some errands. Had lunch with a friend. And she comes back, and uh, we we were we had the the pipe. I think at that point, uh, laid. I was working obviously today, and she gets out there and starts shoveling rocks. Oh yeah. starts transporting rocks, and and she <laughs> just sent me a picture uh and and she's near about got that thing finished
3: there you go so
2: uh listen that's a proud husband moment so um somebody deserves a dinner i tell you she i'm gonna have to take her somewhere really Mm -hmm. really nice because she she outdid herself uh with with uh with that so terrific uh i hope your spouse is as good as mine they they probably aren't mine's amazing uh, and the best but i hope you have a great one anyway uh, so, again, I want to welcome Blue Cross Blue Shield into the family. Uh, they're joining us as our caller and text line. Again, that text line is 601-817-0106, and the caller line is 601-366-1180. We'd like to hear from you uh, on any of those platforms. I want to start out, I mentioned something last week. And what a neat story uh, coming out of Clinton, the Lady Choctaws. I mentioned that they were uh, they had won their semifinal contest, and they were victorious uh, yesterday over Lee, uh, Mississippi College. The Lady Choctaws were ranked number nine in the country. Lee ranked number two, uh, and uh, they defeated Lee yesterday three to zero, and that uh, allowed them to win the Gulf South Conference Spring championship series title. Uh, so congratulations to Coach Longaball and the, uh, the Lady Choctaws, uh, 14 of which hail from the state of Mississippi. And if you've not picked us up before and this is your first time, we are highlighting Mississippi athletes. Uh, we, we like to use this first hour for high school athletes, but 14 of these young ladies graduated from Mississippi high schools and are now playing for the Lady Choctaws and are now champions. So congratulations to the Lady Choctaws who win uh, the 2021 Gulf South Conference Spring Championship Series uh, in uh, uh, over there in Clinton. I uh, want to talk about a little bit about the women's NCAA champions. Uh, that was an amazing game. Stanford wins. Arizona has a shot to win it. Uh, and uh, what a terrific tournament the ladies had. Uh, and it was a lot of fun to watch. So Stanford, now Coach Vanderveer, uh, I, I can't remember. It's been something like 33 years, Bill, in between championships.
3: Something like this. It's been, been a while back so, in the 70s. I so think.
2: she wins one back in the 70s or, or potentially mm. 80s and and then comes back and wins one. She runs a first-class program uh, out there in Palo Alto, uh, and Stanford uh, wins the women's championship. Now, one of the stories that you've heard come out of that tournament is has been that of the Arizona head coach. I, I hope I pronounce it correctly. If I don't, uh, forgive me, but it's Adia Barnes or Adia Barnes. Uh, she is the, the women's coach for uh, the University of Arizona uh, women. And she had a situation in the semifinal contest where she's in a huddle and she thinks it's a private moment with her team. Uh, but basically, my understanding is, and I haven't seen a video of it, but she basically flips the double bird and and uses some some very uh, 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 profane language. I um, thought
3: everybody knew that these days nothing is private when you're out in cameras everywhere and microphones everywhere.
2: That that's my thought. Like, yeah, do you not know that somebody's watching you with the with the invention of social media, mm-hmm. iPhones, everybody has professional photography yep. at their fingertips. Uh, and, and she, you know, listen, it's, it's completely up to her, but I think it also goes back to what we discuss here, uh, in the difference of transactional and transformational, uh, and that's as a coach. And, and the thing I want to say about this situation is this, I am all for a coach being excited, uh, and, 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 and getting excited for their team. Uh, but I don't think coaches that you have to use profanity. Uh, to get your point across. I don't think that you have to use uh, inappropriate gestures to get your point across. I don't think that you have to, uh, you know, change uh, necessarily uh, the, the dynamics of, of your culture just because you get in this moment. And, uh, and I want to, look, I, you know, I don't know her personally. She's probably an incredible person. Obviously has done an incredible job uh, building that program over there. But, uh, but just, you know, uh, to me, a little bit of poor taste And probably, unfortunately, Bill, is going to take away from what her team accomplished because a lot of the conversation is going to revolve around her actions.
3: Right. They're talking about that now instead of the actual team. But, uh, yeah, you think there's not that many people in the stadium. It's going to be nice and quiet. So if you do something like that, if you raise your voice and use that kind of language, it's going to get heard because there's no crowd now. Oh,
2: that's a very good point. It's a very
3: quiet stadium. It's a big old place. It's Not only Holland. are we
2: in the in the social media and yeah. iPhone world. Somebody's going to hear it. But we're also in the coronavirus <laughs> yeah. uh, world.
3: where yeah. we're, Used to the noise would kind of keep it, you know, maybe, did I really hear that? No, I, mean, I didn't hear that.
2: That's yeah. right. That's right. Look, <laughs> now you hear it. On the college baseball front, uh heck of a weekend uh, oh, yeah. in in college baseball yeah, and if you didn't have a chance to check this out, I uh, and and look, I'm I'm going to just highlight uh, the three teams that, that that were in the conversation for the top 25. Uh, but certainly, you know, the, across the state, we have incredible baseball being played, uh, both at the collegiate and high school level. Uh, but right now, according to uh, according to the the basketball, I mean, excuse me, the uh, uh, USA Today, you have uh, I think it's six of the top seven or eight teams. In the country, uh, come out of the SEC, mm-hmm. and and you know obviously two of those with with most publications having Ole Miss at two, Mississippi State at five, Southern Miss also uh, received some uh, some some votes in there as well. So they were they were close to uh, to catching the um, the top twenty five as well. Mississippi State's coming off a uh, a sweep of Kentucky mm-hmm. over the weekend. Yeah. Ole Miss dropped two of three. Uh, to Florida, and Southern Miss uh, took three over University of Texas San Antonio with their fourth contest uh, being canceled due to rain. So you had two sweeps that came out of the state, uh, and, uh, and then obviously Ole Miss dropped two out of three to uh, Florida. So excellent baseball being played. The SEC is loaded. We always talk about SEC football. But listen, right baseball. now the SEC and baseball mm-hmm. uh, are showing with Vanderbilt built at the top, Ole Miss at number two, Mississippi State five. You've got six or seven of the top ten teams in the country coming out of the SEC. And so, speaking of
3: baseball, uh, isn't Madison Central number one in the country right now? Madison
2: Central is number one in the country, according to some publications. Yeah. And we're going to cover that uh, a little bit uh, when we come That's back. Amazing. In addition to my thoughts on high school strength and conditioning, and speeding and explosion don't go anywhere we'll be back in just a few minutes
4: Knows unexpected growth can stretch your business thin. Okay,
1: those molds need to be adjusted. The shippers are coming at noon, so we gotta get this done. Like at
4: Dennis's plastic startup, to stay flexible, he needs to get started hiring right, right away.
1: I need Indeed.
4: Indeed, you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com/credit and get a seventy-five dollar credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS The Fan.
2: Welcome back in to the Garner Dental Studios. Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. Uh, they provide complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients. You can check out their interactive map at lakegarnerdentalgroup.com to find one of their five metro locations as well as others across the state and region or give them a call at 601-271-8710. That's 601-271-8710. Again, we've got the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. Text line and caller line. Text us at 601 601- or give us a call at 601-366-1180. As we went to break, Bill, there, you you mentioned Madison Central. Central, And, uh, you know, Prep Baseball Report has them ranked number one in the state. And there are some rankings that actually have Madison Central Central ranked number one nationally. And we were talking uh, that I can remember, and you you had mentioned this, the last time we had a a number one nationally ranked team was – was probably South Panola football, Yeah. and uh, that was in the Lance Pogue years. Uh, probably the year they won the uh, the what 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 some say they were you know national championship or whatever. Yeah. Uh, for for high school football, but but Madison Central either way is obviously uh, getting it done. They're they're currently eighteen and zero. And I mentioned them in last week's show because my neighbor's uh, nephew plays for them, and he said they are absolutely loaded on the diamond. And and speaking of loaded. Uh, this week, according to uh, the the prep baseball report, you had uh, the number two and number nine teams, uh, Jackson Prep and Madison Ridgeland Academy face off, and, and a really interesting story came out of that series as uh, Madison Ridgeland hosted the first game. Uh, you know they'll, they'll you'll play one and then they'll go play a doubleheader. Uh, generally, that's a Tuesday Friday uh, situation for the MAIS. And they hosted Jackson Prep and a gentleman, a, a Southern Miss signee. Uh, we talked about Southern Miss earlier. And, listen, one of the things I, I forgot to mention uh, before we went to break, ran out of time, was when you look at it, I'm going to do the research on the on the attendance figures, but we have three of the best venues in in college baseball uh, to take in. you got Dooney Noble, Swayze Field, uh, and the Pete, Pete Taylor Park down in Hattiesburg. Uh, And all of those are amazing places to take in uh, a game and and just a great job by all those programs. And, listen, the fact that they are all very successful. But uh, So a Southern Miss signee, uh, Nick Mazzo, uh, from Madison Regional Academy, throws 119 pitches. Uh, He is um, 16 strikeouts in, and Madison Regional Academy wins the game 3-1. However, the pitch count rule in the MAIS is 110 pitches, whereas in the National Federation of High Schools and MHSAA, it's 120. So MRA wins at 3-1 on the diamond, but ends up having a forfeit at 7-0 because of that pitch count situation. And, uh, and so they dropped that one, and then the two teams split in the doubleheader, and I believe it was a gentleman – uh, either Braden or Bryce Jones uh, from Madison Ridgeland threw an absolute absolute gem in the second game, and then Jackson Prep uh, came back and won the third game, I b- believe 14-4. to But here's something about that series. I, I've been told that, that there were upwards of 12 or 13 Division I baseball players on the diamond for that series. Goodness. Now, when you look at the reason, and the majority of those – the majority, I would say probably at least nine or ten of those, are committed to Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and Ole Miss. And uh, just some unbelievable talent here in the Metro. When you when you look at the Prep Baseball Report, you've got uh, in the top uh, uh, five, you've got three uh, uh, Jackson Metro area schools. Madison Central one, Jackson Prep two, Hartfield Academy over in Flowood is number four, and joining out the top five is Tupelo High School and Sumrall, which obviously Coach Knight is no longer at Sumrall, but the the machine is still rolling. And I'm not so sure he doesn't have a son uh, still at Sumrall uh, pitching down there for him. He's now the pitching coach at Jones College. Uh, he has done an amazing job with that baseball program down there. But that's your top five. Uh, and then you add Madison Regional Academy at number nine, and you have four of the top ten teams in the state coming out of the Metro uh, and, and, and just some incredibly talented baseball teams uh, currently here in the Jackson metro area. Uh, for, failed to mention when we started, but our guest is uh, at the 6.30 time slot, so our next segment is going to be a gentleman named Dedrick Clark. And, and what we're going to talk to him about is something that's, that I'm very passionate about, and, and we're going to lead into it, and we'll, we'll talk with him next. But the, the conversation is going to revolve around strength and conditioning at the high school level even go beyond that to the junior high and elementary level. Uh, what are our kids doing? Uh, what's safe? Um, what, uh, what does that need to look like? And here's one of the biggest failures, in my opinion, in high school athletics. The model of having a head coach responsible for strength and conditioning is a broken model. And let me explain to you why. A head coach is an expert in their specific sport, we hope. Uh, We hope that they understand the game at a high level and that they know how to communicate that game to their players. That's the coach's responsibility. Uh, A lot of head coaches have zero experience in speed and explosion or strength and conditioning, whatever it is that you want to call it. And so what happens is these coaches wind up uh, doing things that they either read about or they see, but they have no expertise in teaching which brings in uh, prevent, you know, potential for injury. It brings in uh, or do we have the right lifts, et cetera. So let me go back about seven years ago. I took over as an athletic director. And one of the first things that I realized, I was a coach and athletic director, which is a whole other story for a whole other day. The model of having an athletic director that's also you know, a coach on campus is, is probably failing us as well, uh, but it's very standard and, and it happens. But uh, the model from having a strength and conditioning coach that's, that's, that is, is not dedicated to strength and conditioning at, the, at your school is one that, that, that is, is a massive issue. So we, we made it a point that we had to hire a full-time strength and conditioning coach. Now, this, this coach also coached uh, a, a sport. He was an assistant football coach as well. But his number one job on campus was to write strength and conditioning programs and oversee the strength and conditioning uh, for all of the high school athletes on campus. Why is that important? Well, number one, he was responsible for making sure that every student athlete understood the specific lift they were being asked to do. Number two, two, he also understood that the importance of strength and conditioning changes with the sport, that not everybody needs to be doing Olympic lifts 24-7, 365. Uh, There are different muscles, tendons, joints used in different sports, which, by the way, young people, if you're listening, be a multi-sport athlete. Be a multi-sport athlete. Don't don't specialize. Uh, I'll get on my soapbox on the specialization model later. So let's stick with strength and conditioning. So what happens, I, I go and I talk to a, a Division I athletic director at the time, and I said, what's the most important person in your athletic department? You know, I'm thinking he's going to say the, the the development guy or, uh, you know, somebody like that that's raising money or, uh, you know, whatever it is. And he said the biggest culture driver in his athletic department was his strength and conditioning coach. And he said, here's why. He touches, talks with every athlete in that athletic department same thing is true at the high school level whoever is responsible for the weight room for strength and conditioning speed and explosion gets to see every athlete gets to understand about their day gets to know them and is a massive culture driver when it comes to that athletic department so i want to encourage everybody We need to have specific strength and conditioning coaches over our athletes. It needs to start at the right times, and every athlete needs to understand the right way. Coaches, I'm not hating on you, but you know that you didn't go to school and you didn't grow up in the weight room. Some of you may have, but the majority of you didn't. and so Therefore, your knowledge in strength and conditioning is not what it needs to be when it comes to uh, handling this aspect of an athlete's development. Now, here's why strength and conditioning is important from a psychological perspective. A great strength and conditioning program can elevate an athletic department faster than anything else. If you develop these athletes physically in the right way, preventing injury, then you will also develop them mentally to be more confident, to be, uh, to be better physically, to where, you know, whatever their respective sport is, they're not having a physical breakdown okay and they go into that understanding that because I'm better physically now I'm also better mentally I feel like I belong in those moments I feel like I'm prepared for those moments and one of the biggest aspects of that is getting a good strength and conditioning program into every high school in this state now listen I'm not telling you that coaches don't know what they're talking about I've been one of those coaches but when I was a coach and I was responsible for strength and conditioning. I understood one thing. I knew what I did as a as a as a uh, as a person, in, you know, in my 30s, whatever it was. What I tried to do to be in shape, but I did not know what I needed to do to develop that ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade athlete. And so I went and hired uh, until we hired our strength and conditioning coach. I went and hired somebody specifically for that. They came in in the mornings, lifted our guys. And, uh, and I feel like that is a massive, massive need, and the model of head coaches being responsible for strength and conditioning is a model that no longer works. We need to, to, to think about injury prevention. We need to think about overall development, and we need to understand the importance of a culture driver in having the right person in our high school uh, weight rooms. Now we're going to talk in a little while in the next segment with Dedrick Clark about these things as well as what are some lifts that you can you can be doing uh, everybody should be doing uh, what are some mistakes that everybody's making uh, you know at that level and and maybe when can we start uh, I have a fifth grade and a second grade son uh, and and so at what level Due to uh, all of these issues related to growth plates and, and, and overall development, at what level can we start doing what things? Body weight exercises, uh, moving into the weight room with, uh, with no weights, bar only type exercises, ensuring that we're getting proper technique before we move into, hey, let's throw uh, four 45s. let's throw you know, four plates on each side and let's sling it up and, and get a good grunt out of there and, and, and have a hernia for, for, for 10 years down the road. So we're going to talk to Dedrick Clark uh, coming up next. We'll talk about those things and more. You are listening to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. We are here on 106.3 FM, The Fan, 1400 AM, and WJQSTheFan.com. and scan are critical to your business. Unitech, an authorized dealer for Canon and Kyocera office copiers, printers, scanners, and software is your source for dependable sales and service in the metro. Meet Shane Humphreys with Jackson Eye Associates. In looking at options for our multi-location practice, Unitech listened to our needs and followed through with exceptional products and customer service. Unitech, proven and over 33 years strong. Visit us at unitechtoday.com.
1: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS The Fan.
2: And welcome back in Upon Further Review. We are in the Garner Dental Group studio here on 106.3 FM The Fan. Uh, the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi uh, call and text line. You give us a call at 601-366-1180. Text us at 601-817-0106. We are uh, thrilled to have our next guest. Uh, He is the uh, manager and performance specialist at the Body Shop Edge in Brookhaven. He's a, Diedrich is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, uh, decorated International Masters USA track and field sprint champion, and the world record holder that uh, also began working with athletes and clients After starting Beast Built Athletics and the Beast Speed Academy, he's certified United States uh, of America track and field coach who also has certifications in functional training, sports nutrition, and performance training. Uh, He is obviously the right person to have the conversation that we are ready to have. Diedrich, are you there, my friend? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Oh, no doubt, man. It's great to have you. And listen, uh, I got to know Diedrich. For those uh, wondering, Diedrich uh, did a track and field clinic for me. He did the uh, strength and conditioning part as well as uh, some uh, motivational uh, speaking that uh, he did for us there and did a phenomenal job. And and, and what he brought to everyone's attention was, and Diedrich, I want you to speak on this, was Uh that not... Not the same strength and conditioning program doesn't work for every athlete or every sport. Is that a true statement? Uh, very
4: true. Uh, there's there's always different demands. You know, when it comes to sports, you have your straight line speed, your, your lateral speed, the ability to get on and off the ground. Um, you know, breaking forces in track, you don't have a lot of breaking forces. You know, but you talk about football and basketball, uh, those types of sports. You're going to need those.
2: <laughs> so at the body edge, tell us a little bit about what you do down there in Brookhaven.
4: Uh, I mean, I train, man, I've trained bull riders, professional baseball players, football players, basketball. And what I do is I just try to focus in on what their demands are. So how can I train you to be better at what it is that you do? So whether that's you know improving contact time or, you know, time and attention, whatever it may be. I try to uh, detail that to, to the needs of athletes. Um, so I, I train young kids. So, so average Joe is up to your pros. There you <laughs> go. The thing in between.
2: Hey, I am an average Joe. And <laughs> uh, and you know what? I'm okay with that, Diedrich. I'm, I'm right. okay being an average Joe. So, look, let's talk about high school sports specifically. So, Diedrich, Mm-hmm. Here's my here's my my issue with high school sports and and strength and conditioning, and that is that in a lot of cases we have head coaches that are not trained in strength and conditioning or speed and explosion handling these programs. What is the danger in that? Oh uh, man, I, they
4: don't know what to look for. So, and if you look at one coach um, it's an untrained guy and. He's training like 30 people at a time. So he can't, he doesn't know what to detail in on as far as, hey, this is going to be my problem, whether it's a kid doing a squat, uh, a kid doing a bench press incorrectly, and you know, how do I increase, uh, you know, force production, contact time, turnover, you know, what's wrong with the mechanics, you know, what what are the things that I can utilize in my program to actually make these kids better? You know, you have to detail it, you know, for athlete to athlete, but there's uh, a little bit of uh, a, a good area where you can kind of train everybody up in the same
2: aspect. Okay, speaking of that, talk specifically to high school athletes right now. When it mm-hmm. comes to their training, what are some of the most important aspects for them when it comes to speed and explosion? It's, it's going to be technique.
4: That's that's the, that's the main
2: thing. You have kids
4: that are, that are fast. Um, I was one of those kids coming up, I was fast. But I wasn't trained to sprint, if that makes any sense. I just, I just ran. I didn't have a coach that said, hey, this is what we need to focus in on. And high school sports are so competitive now with scholarship opportunities. So, what's going to give me that edge over the next person? So, that's what I kind of look for. And I kind of preach to the kids like, hey, you know, certain things are going to give you an edge. You know, can you hold your top end speed a little bit longer? You know, are you in and out of cuts a little bit quicker? Um, you know, what's your acceleration capabilities and even your starting capabilities. So, you know, those kids need to work on things like that, but they have to have a trained eye.
2: Terrific. What are, what are thinking about the, the, the speed and explosion and some of the examples you just gave, what are three mm-hmm. or four common exercises that if a student athlete is listening right now that, that really three or four common exercises for in, improving speed and explosion... What, what are some common things that, it, that, it, that an athlete in general, non-sport specific, could do to help improve their speed and explosion?
4: Uh, bounding, um, you know, the ability to create force and get off the ground. You look at uh, box jumps. I have to, you know, I would have to demonstrate how I look um, at, at box jumps and the aspect that I use them, but the ability to get off the ground quick. So, um, uh, standing ball jumps, speed squats. Only, only squatting like a quarter of the weight, not the whole weight, but only a quarter of the weight, and, you know, doing those for time or, you know, a certain amount of reps. Those will help out, but then again, you you hope they're doing it right.
2: (laughs) Well, and that goes back to the point of having an experienced strength and conditioning coach at the high school level is the technique in the doing it right portion in a lot of cases is sacrificed just so that we can perform the activity.
4: Yeah, and you're asking a lot of some of these coaches who, um, you know, they're a football coach. Well, you gotta you know, create plays and, and schemes and stuff like that. Then you have to go to the weight room, uh, do do what's best, you know, for for your team. And you may not be experienced, so you kind of go back to what you learned when you were in high school or what you did when you were in college. But some of these kids, their training age doesn't match up to what you're asking them to do. I can't ask a freshman to come in and do the same thing the seniors doing. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of tailor the program to bring those guys along and then at a certain point say, okay, well, you're strong enough to do this exercise, you know, in this manner.
2: We're talking with Dedrick Clark from the Body Edge down in Brookhaven, and we're talking high school strength and conditioning. And, And Dedrick mentioned box jumps, and I can tell you firsthand I have watched him do a box jump. And and this this guy can flat out get up. Uh, you you did a you, you did a uh, an example of that at our track and field clinic, and, and, and certainly uh, you have uh, you have have gotten a lot of benefit out of whatever workout you are doing, my friend. Um, talk about some things, uh, maybe some some common mistakes that that young athletes, high school athletes, are making. Uh, are there any predominant mistakes that you see a lot that that they're making when it comes to their speed and explosion routines
4: they're not training fast enough they're, they're just kind of going through the motion so if i'm gonna train speed i have to train fast but you know I, my technique has to match so uh even when it comes like speed squats i want to perform i want to perform them a certain type of weight um, i want to perform maximal sprint but I want to start sub to where my technique is, is on point. And then when I move up to a maximal sprint, everything matches up. So a lot of them are training too slow. We're um, just kind of going through the motions and doing things just to say that hey, you well, I did go. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. And, and if you're a coach out there and you're listening to this, that's something to look for. Are we going through the motions or are we, are we, are we operating fast to increase that speed and explosion? If you're an athlete – You just heard a great opportunity of one thing you can change in your workouts. I want to ask you about this, Diedrich. You are Mm -hmm. uh, part of the Tsunami Barbell Advisory Board for Training and Development based out of Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what a tsunami bar is and how you use it in your instruction.
4: It's it's my go-to. I use it for bench press, squat, deadlift, whatever I can think of that I would use a, a regular bar for. And my purpose is speed, uh, force production. So the amplitude of the bar helps maximize that. Helps, uh, you know, create faster contact times, create more force on the ground so I get off the ground quicker. You know, each step is a little more powerful. And when you have athletes playing sports like basketball, football, you're going to get contacted. There's going to be contact there. So how does your body stabilize to that contact? Can you move through that contact? Do you still move faster with contact? So that's that's why I kind of deploy the tsunami bar, and it's it's to meet the demands and the needs, and kind of get away from the steel bar that doesn't give anything back. Now I still use a steel bar, but not a whole lot.
2: So the tsunami bar is really taking taking over for the straight bar for all intents and purposes. Uh, and if you have not seen the tsunami bar in action, uh, I'm going to give out uh, the website here for. Uh, for Diedrich's uh, uh, the body edge down in Brookhaven, you can also follow Diedrich on Diedrich underscore J uh, on Twitter. Uh, do you post videos uh, of, of of some of your workouts uh, or the use of Tsunami Bar on your Twitter account?
4: Uh, on Beast Build Athletics on uh, Instagram, you'll find a whole lot. Like you can just scroll all the way back through all types of training clips on there.
2: So they can just find you at Beast Build Athletics. On Instagram. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, so I got to ask you, Diedrich, who do you have tonight in the NCAA men's championship game? Uh, Gonzaga or Baylor?
4: Man, I think I'm going to go with the Zags. <laughs> going with the Zags. Oh. Yeah, that that was a crazy finish other night. Man, it's (laughs)
2: unbelievable. Diedrich, we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us, talking some high school uh, strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning as a whole. You can follow him uh, at uh, Diedrich underscore J on uh, Twitter. And, Diedrich, give me that Instagram one more time. Beast Built Athletics. Beast Built Athletics. That's Diedrich Clark. We appreciate you so much. We'll be back with more upon further review here in just a few moments. That's a legit. Situations.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Norman, on WJQS The Fan.
2: Man, that was a a great segment with Diedrich Clark. We appreciate him joining us. Once again, you can follow him on Instagram and uh, Beast Built Athletics. Uh, You can also check out uh, the bodyshopedge.com and uh, get more information with regards to the facility he runs down in Brookhaven. Uh, Had a couple questions come in there. Uh, For instance, um, what age should your child start training? And uh, what we will do is we will have Diedrich back and talk a little bit more specifically about each age group, uh, what they should be doing, should not be doing, uh, when they should start, start certain lifts, uh, et cetera. And uh, so we will get that uh, information. We will have him back in a future show and uh, make sure we can bring that uh, to you. Also, uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at upon underscore sports. Uh, we will post uh, some information about Diedrich there as well as a couple of pictures from uh, when he uh, pr- uh, did his um, speech as far as his um, motivational uh, speech. Excuse me, I lost the word there, but his motivational uh, speech there to our group of track and field clo- coaches as well as a training session with coaches to help them be better on when it came to speed and explosion, specifically to track and field uh, for this particular coach camp he was with us i also want to remind you tune in uh, 6 to 8 a.m uh here on 106.3 fm the fan uh, also 1400 a.m uh for mississippi sports this morning uh, that's doug carlson and uh, mark that's Col- that's excuse me colson uh, and mark alexander <laughs> doug get doug colson and mark alexander uh, on mississippi sports this morning 6 to 8 a.m every day every weekday here on 106 point three fm i also want to mention that uh, we are sponsored by jerry brewer he is uh, a trusted choice advisor with southern Gulf states insurance you can contact jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com i am on twitter as well at jd coach hope you'll reach out to us uh, there as well. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and radio.com. And uh, many have asked if we will be podcasting. Uh, I'm a little slow on that. Actually, I had plans to podcast, but my technological genius is uh, is not uh, uh, not at the highest level. So I'm working towards uh, getting these episodes podcast to where uh, you can go back and download that on any of the podcast channels, uh, whether it's Apple, uh, Spotify, whatever it may be, and uh, and replay. Uh, each of our shows we are with you every Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m. here on 106.3 FM the fan or 1400 a.m. in the Jackson metro area and anywhere in the world on www.wjqsthefan.com we're one hour away Uh, well a little over an hour about an hour and and uh, 23 minutes to be exact from uh, the national championship game And we have not uh, had an opportunity to talk about it so far, but, uh, man, what a game. Probably one of the top three uh, college basketball games of all time uh, took place on Saturday between uh, Gonzaga and UCLA. And one of the topics that we're going to talk about in our coaches challenge with the judge uh, in the next hour will be the, the, the topic of the transfer portal. And when you look at uh, those teams, Gonzaga has um, the young man that transferred for Florida, and then obviously UCLA, uh, Juzang, uh, their best player, uh, had an unbelievable night, including the uh, the tying bucket with three point three seconds to go before Suggs takes it, um, takes it a you know three quarters court, hits a thirty three footer off the glass, and uh, and wins it for Gonzaga, but. Uh, both of those were, were uh, part of the transfer portal. And uh, we're going to break the transfer portal down a little bit more as this becomes a, a, a bigger and bigger story for us to review uh, within college athletics. So tonight you have Gonzaga, uh, who is undefeated, trying to become the first undefeated team uh, to win a national championship uh, in quite some time. And, uh, and then you have Baylor, who absolutely has looked – Uh, looked amazing uh, in their last contest where they just dismantled Houston in the Final Four. And so that will be a a very intriguing matchup. So there's some things that I'm looking forward to in that matchup, Uh, one being uh, the mullet versus the stash. You've got Myers for Baylor with the mullet, Bill, and and you've got the stash, Timmy, for Gonzaga. So the mullet versus the stash. uh, And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Also looking forward to watching Mitchell uh, from uh, Baylor go up against Sugg. That's going to be uh, Mitchell, as a guard, was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. And Sugg is the first, it may be Suggs, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but he is the first five-star prospect to go to Spokane, Washington, and Gonzaga University uh, who is now under the leadership of Mark Few built a dynamic basketball program up there, and you know I, I wonder does that kind of break down this idea that the only place athletes goes uh, are places with sunshine uh, or amazing college campuses, party places. Uh, you know you hear that a lot about you know those are the driving forces behind decisions for these for these athletes, but but ultimately you know Timmy's from Richardson, Texas. Uh, You know, he was, Oklahoma was all over him. Uh, You know, obviously he was, he was, he was a big 12, uh, you know, somebody, he was a hot ticket in that area of the country, but he still chose that Mark Few and Gonzaga was the best program for him. And, and I think, you know, that's going to be a topic that we cover with the Porter as well. The portal is the importance of the program that you're going to, you know, the importance of the coaching staff the importance uh, of the atmosphere. And Mark Few has certainly done an absolutely incredible job building a basketball program up there in Spokane, Washington, and he builds it based upon his players. He doesn't always go after five-star. You don't have to have a team full of five-star. In fact, you can look at a lot of teams this year that had significant amounts of five-star players Uh, and and we're 500 or just a little bit better. And and really what it is is that is a transformational coach up there in Spokane, Washington, who is doing an incredible job building a program the way that he felt was best for them to be successful. And he has dominated the West Coast Conference over there, uh, and now on a national level, you know, many had them pick last year, uh, and then COVID hit and the tournament didn't happen. But there were a lot of people that had uh, him picked to uh, had excuse me Gonzaga picked uh, to win it last year uh, as they were hot and uh, and 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 playing extremely well and certainly you know it's difficult to run the table you know the the pressure has mounted I think that that game if I remember correctly that was was maybe one of only two games that they did not win by more than than 10 points all year.
3: Yeah, they were winning by 10, 20 points every time.
2: Yeah, and so to be tested that way uh, and and to be able to overcome that, uh, specifically with the emotion, I also saw a picture on Twitter, which was an amazing thing. It was both of Gonzaga and of UCLA at the end of that contest. They were all huddled up. Even UCLA yeah. was huddled up together, and, and that kind of shows you the importance of, of culture, of chemistry, of camaraderie, it shows you player leadership uh, for both of those programs. Uh, who who and, and what a what an incredible basketball game uh, that was going into overtime and then ending it. I, I think I saw where Skip Bayless said that you know it, it couldn't be considered an incredible basketball game because it ended on a lucky shot. I, I would say it differently. I, I think there was so much skill involved from Juzang getting getting his own uh, put back. There were 3.3 seconds to go to uh, – we'll talk about this in our segment with the coach's challenge with the judge later. But, look, the decision by Mark Few not to call a timeout and to allow the play to proceed, um, you know, all of those things added up. And then what an unbelievable uh, shot by Suggs up there and, uh, and just an incredible atmosphere. And I'm going to tell you something. Baylor is, a, is an amazing basketball team who has peaked and is playing extremely well. Uh, at the right time, and that matchup between Suggs and Mitchell is going to be dynamic. Uh, uh, Mitchell can flat out guard. He is uh, he is powerful. Uh, he is compact. He is strong, and he can defend at an extremely high level. Uh, and uh, and Baylor can absolutely shoot the rock. And so it will be it will be an absolute fun game to watch. That game is at 8:20 uh, tonight. And so we will leave here at eight o'clock. I hope you'll hang on with us until eight o'clock and, uh, and then go and, uh, sit down on the couch and take in a game or, uh, go to one of the restaurants here that supports the station and, and, uh, and find you uh, a nice seat and, uh, and kick back and watch what I believe will be an exceptional game. And speaking of exceptional, what about the job Scott Drew has done at Baylor? Uh, my wife and I were, were in Waco about uh, a year and a half ago for our anniversary down there at the Magnolia Marketplace, and, uh, and, and we, you know, went to, a, uh, I believe it was an ice cream shop. We went on a, on a tour of Waco, and there was an ice cream shop and a, um, and a, uh, a little coffee shop right there by the campus, but beautiful campus. Um, I actually played uh, down there in, in their old uh, gymnasium uh, for a state championship game when I was in high school. Back in 1997, the Shady Grove Saints were victorious in, a state in the state championship days. game uh, as yours truly uh, had the opportunity to win that ring. That's going to wrap up Hour 1. Uh, we appreciate you joining us for Hour 1 and hope you'll stick with us. We want to thank Dedrick Clark for joining us earlier in the hour. And uh, we're going to talk to Masters coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll have Masters talk and more here on Hour 2 of Upon Further Review.
1: The fan.
2: And welcome back in to the Garner Dental Group studio. Garner G- Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. They offer complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients. You can check out the interactive map, lakegarnerdentalgroup.com, to find one of their five metro area locations or any of the others across the state and region, you can also call them at 601-271-8710. The Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi text line, 601-817-0106. I just posted um, information on Dedrick Clark. We've had uh, uh, several of you reach out to figure out uh, how to get in touch with him. And uh, so I posted that to the upon underscore sports Twitter. Also uh, retweeted that uh, from my personal Twitter at JD coach. So you can go check that out. It has his website, the Instagram he mentioned. Uh, And also we're going to have him back to talk about uh, more specifics with regards to age specific workouts, uh, how to incorporate some of the things that he does. And also uh, several of you have asked what a tsunami bar is. And uh, I would, it's, it's spelled just like the tidal wave tsunami. Uh, and I would encourage you to, um, to Google that, Tsunami Bar, and, uh, and look at some of the workouts. It's, a, it's basically a bending straight bar is what it is, and it allows some really explosive movements. Uh, and he, you know, obviously, Diedrich also said that uh, you could check out, check out his inst- Instagram. So go to our uh, Twitter page. That's uh, upon underscore sports, uh, and, or you can go to my personal one, at JDCoach. And you can link in with Diedrich down there at the Body Edge shop uh, there in Brookhaven. They are building a 10,000-square-foot facility down there as they continue to grow and train athletes. And I saw him in action there at the clinic that I hosted for track and field, and it was phenomenal. Uh, just some of the movements he did uh, with band work, et cetera, was, was incredible. So for those of you that have texted in asking about that information, uh, you can check that out uh, there on 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 our Twitter pay, on our Twitter handles uh, for uh, for both myself and the show. All right, so let's now look into the Masters, and uh, you know obviously one absent uh, person from the Masters will be one Eldrick Tiger Woods. As we continue to uh, to hear about that, there are uh, every, they know what the results of this car accident were. And what caused it, but uh, due to privacy issues, uh, cannot uh, release that. Which you know, ultimately, I'm not sure that it really matters. It doesn't matter to me. I'm I'm not really a a big gossam ch- gossip chaser from the standpoint of what's going on. What I do know is the Masters is better when Tiger Woods is present. So, uh, you know, certainly golf is the, the secondary thing in his world right now. Is, is he just wants to be a father to his kids? Wants to be able to get back uh, healthy and strong, and so. Uh, he is uh, he's working towards that, but he will not be present at the 2020 Masters. Another storyline, uh, excuse me, 2021, another storyline that will follow up with that is also that we just played a Masters about six months ago in November. And so, uh, you know, everybody was returning to Augusta, Georgia, and, uh, and, and thankfully they, they uh, chose to uh, continue to have the Masters in Augusta, Georgia, which uh, we'll get into later in the show uh, with regards to Major League Baseball and their decision to move the All-Star game. Uh, We'll have more on that as well as the transfer portal with our coach's challenge with the judge, Jim Judge, uh, and we will welcome him in at 7.30 uh, to discuss uh, both the MLB decision as well as uh, the transfer portal. Uh, So, you know, when we talk about the Masters this year, no Tiger Woods. When you look back over the past champions, obviously Dustin Johnson won it in 2020, uh, November, uh, just here recently. But but a very intriguing storyline took place over the weekend, and that is uh, Jordan Spieth, who had not won in three and a half years on tour. Now he had been getting it together over the last few weeks. He had, uh, you know, he had been hitting the ball a lot better, uh, been putting a lot better. And, and some things that I read, he basically said, hey, look, I thought I hit it well enough and put my posi- myself in positions, uh, I just didn't make putts. Well, he made putts and a lot of them as he won the Valero Texas Open uh, down in San Antonio, Texas uh, this past weekend. And he did so uh, with some pressure from Charlie Hoffman. Uh, the the chip-in, I believe, was on 13, and then uh, I think he birdied 15 to bring it to within one, uh, but uh, Justin, uh, uh, excuse me, Jordan Speeth ultimately uh, came out victorious, and I think that's huge because I'm not so sure that a start. You know, Jordan Speeth won the British Open after his collapse at the Masters. I believe that was in 16. But, but really, I think from a confidence perspective, his him questioning himself, and that happens often in golf. If you play golf, you understand that that uh, you start uh, you know tinkering with certain things, and and certainly as 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 a uh, golfer myself, and and very much a novice, not a not a professional golfer, and by any stretch of the imagination. But you start trying to to work on little things, and it starts to get in your head. And I think that built up in in Spieth. But but what an awesome storyline as you go into uh, Justin Johnson uh, is going to be defending Jordan Spieth coming off of a win, and uh, and then you have the usual suspects, including Brooks Kepka who is coming off of uh, a knee surgery. Um, I believe I read that he had a dislocated kneecap about a month ago. Had it operated on, uh, and and is now a month removed. And plans. He showed up in Augusta, and he plans on play. And uh, boy, that would be a phenomenal feat. Uh, to I've had some friends that have had the the tendon issue that holds that kneecap in place, and I've actually witnessed. Uh, that thing come out, and that is a you know when that kneecap sitting over there on the on the side of your knee, not at the top where it's supposed to, uh, it's not any fun. So you have uh, some 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 very intriguing storylines as the Masters comes up. This is an incredible week for sports when you consider all that's going on. It's a big time uh, obviously game tonight with the NCAA Championship Masters Week. You just came off the women's championship uh, finishing up baseball just getting started off, and Bill and I were just talking earlier about the Texas Rangers, Bill, opening up their season in in their new stadium there in Arlington, Texas, to a packed house. Packed house, yeah. Did, did, Around did, 40,000. Did we feel like we would be in this moment, you know, a year ago when everybody's calling for no fans anywhere, uh, and the state of Texas opened it up and said, hey, you know, come one, come all, and the Rangers took advantage of that.
3: Yep. The only thing you have to do, they they are saying you have to wear a mask, but I was watching the game today. We're in a whole lot of people in the stands with masks on.
2: Yeah, not not any social distancing and a few no. masks. Uh yeah. I think we certainly are, are getting to a point where, where there's some lethargy there. People are tired uh, of the People mask. are tired of it. Um I would continue, listen, I, I you know, I get it and I and I understand everybody has a different perspective there. Um, you know, I, I I I am so grateful for uh for all of those who have taken advantage of uh, if you choose to get vaccinated, whatever your 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 deal is there. Uh, but from a sports perspective, to think that you just had 40,000 fans uh, in a stadium uh, to in a ballpark to watch a baseball game here in April, basically one year removed from the worst of of. Uh, of you know the I should say the beginning stage is not the worst. I mean the worst came August and then late in in, uh, in, in twenty and early this year uh, from the standpoint of our area and as a country. But when you think about that, I you know I think just as a sports uh, you know enthusiast, we got to be thankful that the opportunity has arisen now to get people back in the seats. Got to say who who would have thunk it? That's exactly right. <laughs> and look, you know the other part to this uh, is is you know the Rangers you know are going to struggle. More than likely, I think they're they're picked to win sixty nine to, to have sixty nine wins on the year and uh, to basically finish last in their division. Uh, but when you look at that, you know it, 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 one of the things that they'll be known for coming out of this year is look they had a packed mm-hmm. uh, the, a, a packed stadium there for their first contest. So that's um, you know that's a cool little story coming out of Major League Baseball that needs uh, a little a little help in in the story category. Yep. You, you you know the Masters Augusta, it's beautiful. Uh, beautiful weather. There's a lot of drama in Georgia right now, and uh, certainly will be great for the communities over there. Uh, always a beautiful course. You know that they're going to have an incredible shape. Uh, I would like to one day have the opportunity to go, just because I want to see if you really can get a Pimento Cheese sandwich for like a dollar fifty. And uh, I think you can. Yeah, they still yeah. have kept food prices very, very low at the same levels they've been for years. Uh, which enhances the fan experience. I've also noticed in, in golf, you know, for instance, here in the Valero Texas Open this past weekend, nice crowd surrounding those players as well. Yep. Uh, so certainly making a move in the right direction uh, when it comes to attendance, uh, and that will uh, will impact all those who participate. Uh, Whether you're in a spring high school sport, collegiately, I'm sure Duty Noble, uh, Swayze Field, and the the Pete will be uh, packed and uh, have a lot of fun with fans in attendance. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review with Josh Dorman here in just a moment.
1: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS The Fan.
2: Welcome back in Upon Further Review. I am your host, Josh Dorman. We are in the Garner Dental Studio. You can text us on the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. Text line 601-817-0106. We want to know what you think about the transfer portal. Good, bad, for college athletics? What are your thoughts? We'll be dealing with that with the judge and the coach's challenge with the judge in the last two segments of this hour. And uh, we're also going to discuss with the judge a little bit about the move by Major League Baseball uh, to move the All-Star game from the atlanta area was that a wise choice was it a rash decision uh, how's that going to play out for major league baseball so we'd like to hear from you text to 601-817-0106 on your blue cross blue shield of mississippi text line uh, we are in the garner dental studios and we want to uh, say a thank you to jerry brewer and uh, jerry is is another one of our sponsors He is a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. You can contact Jerry for all your insurance needs. He does commercial, uh, property and casualty, uh, vehicle, whatever you need, 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com. So, Bill, Jackson State football. Prime, Coach Prime is in town and uh just got beat 34-14 by southern how do you think that's going over in tiger country
3: didn't go over well with him i know he was talking about how bad they played in the third quarter and they've been playing bad in the third quarter for some reason it's just like he can't figure out what's going on there you know
2: yeah sometimes halftime is not good for teams sometimes yeah. teams are built better to keep their momentum Uh, And maybe that's the case there. And certainly we don't want to have the conversation too early. Uh, You know, Coach Prime's doing a great job bringing a lot of energy uh, to Jackson State football. But one of the questions that I have about this is a lot of times these hires are made uh, for the bump that you get in certain areas, whether it's recruiting, notoriety, uh, maybe it's advertising for the athletic department. Revenue increases in Coach Prime's case. It looks like he brought Under Armour to town, uh, and certainly that will benefit the entire athletic department. But at some point, Bill, isn't it that the hype has to be also backed up yep. by substance? Got to back it up. And with some of these hires, and I'm hey, look, we're four games in. He's two and two. Uh, it's a spring season. It's a really unique spot to come into. Just got the job. Uh, there's a lot still to do, and so I know it's early, but but I do think that there's a there there has to be uh, some substance and not just the hype. And and sometimes with coaches, you got to think this uh, coach Prime was an offensive coordinator at the high school level mm-hmm. just this last year. And and he wasn't a head coach. And when you come in and start overseeing the totality of a collegiate football program, we're talking about every aspect from recruiting to budgeting to transportation to culture to hiring a coaching staff, which it seems he's done a great job there. Uh, You know, all of these things, there has to be a substance, and you have to have the ability to parlay your opportunity into bringing that substance. And what will be unique uh, is is to see, uh, you know, can he do that over time? That's something that I, I'll be really interested to watch is can Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, uh, can he do that, uh, you know, over time here at Jackson State? Now, you know, when you look at him as a player, a lot of flash, a lot of flash. But he also did his homework. Hell yeah. big time film study uh, knew the uh, all the ins and outs of the receivers he was going to be going up against uh, but but there was also a flashiness to his game obviously you know as well and and so when you look at the coaching part of it, you have to ask yourself you know you're bringing in some exceptional talent talent that Jackson State hasn't seen uh, in some time on the football field which is a great thing. But you still have to be able to develop that talent. You have to be able to inspire that talent. You have to be able to get the best out of those players, no matter how many stars they had by their name. You still have to come into a program and create a culture uh, that can allow these young men to be successful. And so it will be a very interesting topic to, to follow over time here in the, in the Jackson Metro area, as well as in the SWAC. Uh, he's going to bring a tremendous amount of attention and notoriety to – Jackson State athletics to SWAC football, uh, but can the substance follow that up?
3: You know we know he's got the recruiting down because people are changing schools just because he's here. So you know he's he's getting some good recruits and he's he's got another recruiting class to go here. So well, Before I'll be honest with you: out. if
2: I get a phone call and, and I'm a young man that's looking to transfer, or I'm a high school student, Deion Sanders is on the eh. other line.
3: Yeah, it might be a good idea to go.
2: I, I'm, I'm listening. At least go to talk, yeah. There's no question. He has brought Jackson State to another level yeah. uh, from the standpoint of notoriety and, and consideration. These players changing schools they've committed to already to come play for it. Absolutely. So, you know. But here's the question, and that is a great point, Bill, because I don't think he's going to have any problem being the most talented team in the SWAC. What you do with that talent is ultimately what is going to determine uh, his success there at Jackson State because it's one thing to get him on campus, but it's another thing to have them prepared day in and day out to perform on the football field. He's already had a positive impact in so many areas. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, just in town, uh, you know, doing different things for the community. Uh, So, you know, those aspects of it, there is no doubt that that it, it is a terrific opportunity. Uh, my question is and and look I mean if you know I'd love to hear from you if you're a Jackson State fan uh, give us a call on the caller line 601-366-1180 or shoot us a text 601-817-0106 those are uh, our Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi uh, caller uh, caller line and uh, and text line. Uh, so uh, that is uh, our Jackson State football thoughts after they were defeated by Southern uh, University this past weekend Saturday to be exact uh, 34 to 14 coming up is going to be the coach's challenge um the coach's challenge with the judge Jim Judge and we're going we're going to have two different topics which uh, I just got a text from champ and champ says two things a tsunami and a tidal wave are two different things and mrs. Dorman is awesome so I stand corrected on my description (laughs) of the wave and I will concur at the utmost that mrs. Dorman is awesome champ so thank you for the text Uh, and if you want to text us give us shoot us a text 601-817-0106 uh, that is the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi uh, text line. And that is our thoughts on Jackson State and Southern. And as I mentioned, coming up with the coaches' Challenge with the judge, Jim Judge, we're going to talk about the transfer portal. It's wide open. I, I looked today at just the number of players uh, that are transferring uh, just in basketball. And the list of, of those players is, is absolutely incredible. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk with the judge about that. We're also going to talk with them about the decision to move the All-Star game uh, from the Atlanta area. There's been a lot of pushback on that, and so we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, we're going to challenge one another in our conversations there uh, in that segment, so you won't want to miss that either. want to remind you that we are in the Garner Dental Studio, and uh, Garner Dental Group is uh, a – collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. They offer complimentary whitening for hi- new hygiene patients. Uh, you can check out their interactive mac- map. I would encourage you to do so. Go to lategarnerdentalgroup.com You can see their five there five metro locations. Uh, there are also others across the state and region or you can give them a call at 601-271-8710 I was trying to Also, there was a a player from Kentucky that actually just announced today, Bill, that he was transferring. And so this transfer portal just continues to heat up as players are leaving left and right. I know the Mississippi State women's basketball team got hit
3: hard by the transfer.
2: Yep, they've had six. But they did get a a, a good recruit from the portal. They sure did. They got the young lady from Tulane, the point Mm -hmm. guard. Uh, But they've had six that have left Uh, Memphis uh, men's basketball has had three that have left. Uh, When you look at the final four, you look at Juzang uh, for UCLA. He was a transfer. And then the young man from Florida, his name is escaping me, uh, but uh, he was a transfer and he went to to Gonzaga. Here it is right here. Kentucky point guard Devin Askew is transferring out of the program uh, per at 24-7 sports. Uh, He says it will be part of my growth in this game to explore a new opportunity and enter the transfer portal and we're seeing a lot more of that and that will be a great conversation to break down on its impact what's the intent Uh, why is it there and uh, all of the other factors with regards to the transfer portal and when you go back to when it opened up uh, in 2018 you've always had the opportunity to be a graduate transfer uh, but they created this after a study they did in 2017 and opened this up in 2018 and and did it open Pandora's box? Uh, Are we um, not a tsunami, but have we created a tidal wave of transfers that now uh, cannot be stopped? You look at a guy like Matt McClung out of Texas Tech. He transferred from Georgetown to Texas Tech to play for Chris Beard, and now Chris Beard is the new head coach at the University of Texas. What does he do? In fact, I saw two players from Texas Tech that uh, had already put their names in the transfer portal as well. So that will be a very interesting conversation with the judge, uh, as will our conversation with regards to Major League Baseball. We'll also have his good call and bad call of the week. Don't go anywhere. Uh, just to, Hey, I don't know if we told you this, but Sam Darnold got traded today. Sam Darnold, uh, he was the franchise quarterback for the Jets.
3: We thought. And now
2: he's been given up for uh, what looks like a sixth rounder in the 2021 draft and a second and fourth rounder in 2022. And he's going to go join Matt Rule in Carolina. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this.
1: Josh Norman
2: on WJQS, the Fan. Welcome back in to upon further review, we are uh, excited to once again welcome in a regular segment here on the show called Coach's Challenge with the Judge, Jim Judge, Uncle Jim. You there?
0: Yes, I am, Josh. Thank you.
2: Yeah. So I, you 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 had to take some time away from uh, calling a softball game tonight, is that right?
0: That's right. We got a little prep softball going on down uh, below me right now on the field here at uh, the beautiful campus here at Phoenix Country Day. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't – it's not 70 degrees and sunny today. Unfortunately, it's 95 and sunny.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask if you've hit triple digits yet.
0: You know, we were right on the brink yesterday, and a lot of people – those Easter rabbits were really heating up. It was uh, pretty toasty. (laughs)
2: Oh, man. Look, over here – It's uh, mid to upper 70s. We've got some beautiful sunshine. It has been absolutely beautiful uh, over here. So, look, we're going to get started and talk about the transfer portal. And I want to get your thoughts on that, but I want to give you a few statistics. The, the, The only ones I could find were from 2018, 2019. And since we have the Men's Basketball Championship tonight, we'll use basketball as an example, okay? So, in 2018, 2019, there were a total of 704 transfers in men's basketball. Of those seven hundred and four, three hundred and twenty-four transferred to a Division One program. One hundred and eleven of those three twenty-four were graduate transfers, which obviously could already occur prior to the new transfer portal. And seventy-nine waivers were submitted for the two hundred thirteen remaining undergraduate transfers, with forty-four of those seventy-nine waivers uh, approved. I'm I'm sure that the numbers are are staggeringly different now than they were in that first season. That the transfer portal actually opened up in 2018. What are your thoughts on the portal? Is it good for uh, for college athletics? And, and what do you think it's what do you think the reasoning behind it is?
0: Well, I think anything that opens up the the free movement of an individual, their ability to to get an education or to earn a living. So I'm for the free market enterprise uh, system in that regard and uh, the rights of student athletes. To determine their futures, uh, you know, without so much uh, prohibition and uh, oversight, in this, in some sense, by the NCAA. You know, I was going to update your numbers since the end of the, uh, the regular basketball season and at the beginning of the March Madness tournament. There were about 650 in the portal, and that's ballooned to over 1,100 now, just in the last few weeks. Wow. Again, these, these individuals requesting waivers, still waivers required right now when you enter the portal, but uh, the NCAA has been loosening up its restrictions, mainly in the last seven to ten years. Uh, as a result of uh, litigation, there's been a class action uh, lawsuit trial, actually on behalf of Ed O'Bannon from UCLA back in the day, but it, it files it on the basis of antitrust violations The uh, ability of players to earn money, and uh, you know the illegal use of their name, uh, image, and likeness.
2: So, men's basketball specifically now has ballooned to over a thousand potential transfers in the portal. I just mentioned earlier about a young man from Kentucky who just announced he was transferring, and and you mentioned the waiver and and just some common criteria. For those who don't know, for receiving a waiver, it can be the assertion of no participation opportunity at the previous school. That sounds to me like, hey, I could just get mad because I didn't get any PT, and I'm taking off. It can be the assertion of egregious behavior, assertion of student-athlete injury or illness, assertion of family member injury or illness, assertion of financial hardship, uh, the the birth of a child for a – for a male student-athlete due to the notice of pregnancy or birth of a child, assertion of death of an immediate family member. So when you talk about these waivers, uh, it does seem like that's opening up. And and, and listen, I, I, I like the idea of the, the free enterprise and the movement of players, uh, but ultimately aren't we moving towards just, a, just an NCAA free agency?
0: Well, those Americans deserve that. Uh, you know, the opportunity to work where you want, to live where you want, uh, what's, what's happened, and the, the fact is that the NTA only has this, again, they're a nonprofit organization, but they were granted this uh, ability to restrict and govern uh, student athletes' movement uh, by the Supreme Court back, oh, it's been about 80 years ago. It's been a long time since that original case. And they were, get, they were granted uh, this antitrust exemption and, and ability to limit people's movement. Uh, based upon wanting to wanting to maintain amateurism, and we know how pure that is, don't we, Josh? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, so these two things, is there a correlation between the transfer portal and what the NCAA sees as the writing on the wall, including uh, the Supreme Court conversations that have come out of the past couple weeks, and this name image likeness lawsuit that you uh discussed with regards to ed o'bannon are, are these is the ncaa kind of merging these and allowing the transfer portal to be a little bit of their escape hatch
0: yeah you know what they're doing is they're trying to head off regulation you know what i'm saying uh whenever an industry uh is threatened with regulation they tend to change their behavior to try to preempt that in a sense they're making a uh an out-of-court settlement, but they're compromising and so forth. So the NCAA is still trying to maintain control of the ship while reading the writing on the wall, as you mentioned, uh, of their uh, antitrust exemption, which is very much in doubt. So they're going to uh, vote real soon, and they've already recognized uh, informally that uh, the use of players' uh, names, image, and likeness uh, that's going to probably change here coming up this late June when the new fiscal year starts, but the board, uh, NCA Board of Governors will meet and vote on that. But it's, uh, it's predicted that that will pass. Also, uh, again, the, the portal, the portal is going to continue to be eased for transfer because that's the writing on the wall. If they get regulated, they'll lose that ability to oversee to some degree, and it's going to cause them to change their business model. I don't know if you've noticed, that a lot of NCAA athletes have shirts wearing shirts that say not NCAA property.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, and, and the other part of the portal that many people haven't thought about is how it's changing recruiting. And when you think about the recruiting aspect of this, you now have college coaches leaving scholarships open, not offering scholarships to a du- JUCO or high school athlete to leave these scholarships open, whether it's two or three in football, four, uh, but they're leaving scholarships open to take advantage of the opportunities that may come from this transfer portal.
0: Right, and and like you said, for the fifth-year seniors or the fact that you don't lose a year of eligibility if you get the waiver, and that's probably going to continue moving forward, but what you're also doing is you're stunting the natural progression as I mentioned to you, uh, that COVID has stunted the entire world. You'll be able to see the year of COVID on tree rings and in high scores because of the impact it's had on our environment, et cetera. But it's also made an environment from pre-K, from, from uh, the family structure, pre-K, all the way through college education, and even into professional careers. Uh, because of the hiring freeze, people that are graduating, there are no jobs that would regularly be there. So in sports, you're talking about high school seniors you're talking about holding two or three spots for an experienced player that's going to transfer Johnny Juzang from UCLA, came from Kentucky. Uh, I'm so sorry for Cal. But uh, the, the fact is, you know, that that's going to continue, and uh, we'll just get to see the follow-up. But the NCAA is, is trying to preempt uh, more harsh ruling by the courts.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Kentucky and Juzang. We talked about him earlier uh, in the show with regards to – Uh, what he was able to do for UCLA. And certainly you're seeing where a coach can get a, a, a transformative player Uh, through the transfer portal, maybe somebody that's a a four- and five-star that doesn't work out at their previous program, finds new life, fresh air, and is able to really have an an impactful year like Juzang did. You also have the young man, and again, I'm going to get his name researched here. I've been looking as we've been talking, but there's a young man from Florida who plays for Gonzaga, and he was also part of that transfer portal. We're going to have more With the judge on the Coaches Challenge, we're going to talk about Major League's Baseball's decision to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta. You will not want to miss that and more from the judge on the Coaches Challenge. Just a reminder, we're here in the Garner Dental Studios, and we are sponsored by Jerry Brewer, a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. Contact Jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com. Business Communications Incorporated has been an information technology provider for over 25 years, serving the state of Mississippi and the region. Now more than ever, you need your network at your office, business, or place of worship protected from hackers and thieves. BCI is the security and technology team for you, from managed IT services to data backup solutions, from ransomware protection to disaster recovery planning and more. BCI is your network knight in shining armor. Head over to bcipeople.com or call 601-427-4185 to begin your protection today. Don't be held hostage over your network or data. Let BCI
1: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your
2: host, Josh Norman, on WJQS The Fame. Welcome back in to the Garner Dental Group studio. We are joined for another segment and delighted to be so by the judge, Jim Judge, for more of the Coach's Challenge. And we're going to tackle the issue now with Major League Baseball and their decision to move the All-Star game out of the Atlanta metro area in response to a Georgia voting law that the state legislator passed and the governor ultimately signed. Uh, I read something today uh, that said, Uncle Jim, that it is going to cost Cobb County upwards of $100 million dollars due to this decision and i just wonder if major league baseball thought this through because ultimately the people that lose are not those that they're trying to stick it to from the standpoint of politicians but the people that lose are the restaurant owners the uber drivers the hotel uh, owners and workers the vendors that would be there for the game uh, and the people that they would employ for parking and all of these other things Ultimately, are on the losing end of this decision, and I just wonder if Major League Baseball got this right.
0: Well, I uh, I certainly don't agree with it. It was in my running for the bad call of the week, by the way. But uh, we, uh, I decided on another option there. But uh, it is certainly uh, the fact that uh, you know Major League Baseball acting as a uh, a corporation, a private corporation. Uh, to get involved from a political aspect like that, uh, if you look at other major sports that may have gone down that road in the last five, six years, NFL football, obviously, with their recent history, their their ratings are down around 40%. They continue to go down for the last three to four years. NBA basketball, they had some... Uh, conflict over the China issue, and also what uh, became very politicized in the, in the last couple of years. And uh, if you look at their ratings, they too are suffering. So uh, Major League Baseball and Rob Manford, the commissioner, certainly didn't uh, look at, at them as examples of what the fallout might be,
2: Josh. You know, from a business decision, obviously, it just seems, you know, as a country, you know, take politics aside. We're, we're a divided country. That's what politics does to you. We've, th- we've mentioned that on the show, that politics well, Charles is— Charles
0: Barkley mentioned it very adeptly, I believe, yesterday. Absolutely. The
2: he had a great take on that. Politics is intended to divide. Sports is intended to unite. The business decision here is that you are isolating 50% potentially of your patronage— uh, so that you can uh, get into the political arena. And I just wonder if Major League Baseball thought this through or if it was just a, a complete knee-jerk reaction uh, so that they could um, uh, kind of calm a, a certain you know, base of, of, uh, of political uh, folks that were putting pressure on them uh, or whatever that may look like. It just does not seem like they thought this very well through uh, just from, from the 30,000-foot perspective.
0: And again, you hear the uh, you hear uh, senators uh, from Rubio to uh, Cruz and on and on, and they're threatening, by the way, to uh, revoke the exemption that Major League Baseball has and has enjoyed for almost 100 years. And so now they're saying, you know, all right, if you're going to get into the political arena uh, and aren't acting as, you know, because it, there's still a lot of question about the factual nature of the so-called voter suppression in Georgia, and you know, there's been some uh, misstatement of facts even by the president on a post-close at five, they don't close 5 they do not post at 5 You can't get watered, you can't get watered anybody in line. Well, you can, but not if you're a political organization, but if you're a church, you certainly can. So a lot of, uh, you know, misinformation learning the, uh, the facts in the case. Uh, but, but what I will say is that, uh, you hear some of the things go woke, go broke, you know, so you're, that applies for any uh, business, venture, and industry. And uh, you, because, as you stated, you basically separate uh, half of your potential market when you take a political stance on a controversial, especially a controversial topic like this.
2: Well, and, and look, here's the other thing. Now you've got to move it somewhere. And so now you have to employ somebody within Major League Baseball to go read every state you're considering their voting laws to ensure that you don't undermine your own stance by taking it to another state that may have stricter voting laws. As well certainly.
0: Yeah, pardon me for interrupting. There's been a lot of uh, speculation that they didn't read the Georgia law. Uh, and he, and when the, you hear the, uh, the opposition to the Georgia law, I have yet to hear uh, specifics other than a couple of the misstatements I heard. But uh, voter ID is uh, basically to ensure election integrity. We talked about the integrity of officiating in Major League Sports, but this is this is the ultimate pinnacle for our country. So, uh, Major League Baseball, I, I would imagine their ratings for the All-Star Game, which has also lost a lot of pizzazz over the last years, even though they've tried to make changes. They'll be down 20%, 30% this year. Uh, I'll be watching the Lone Run Derby, but uh, I'm not so sure I might have time for the game itself.
2: I believe... And you can quote me on this, but the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is going to have to come your way over to the West Coast somewhere. But here's another thought to that. As we move on to the good call, bad call, uh, I'm going to say my bad call is Major League Baseball here because you may now take this to a place that doesn't allow fans. There are so many different things that come involved in a year like today that it just seems like Major League Baseball was asleep at the wheel with this specific decision. So let's move on now to let – me, Let me make one last
0: statement. Marco Rubio, Senator Rubio said about Rob Manford who made the decision, he says I expect he's going to be uh, resigning his membership from Augusta National Golf Club. Oh, uh, mercy. Okay, we'll see if there's hypocrisy involved or if he does the individual sacrifice as well as sacrificing Georgians in their livelihood.
2: Yes, indeed. Okay, Josh, let's take it to the next
0: one, buddy. All right,
2: good call, bad call. Uh, let's start out with your bad call of the week. What you got? Well, uh, i tell you what. Why, why don't we start... Can we start off with a good call? All right, let's go Let's go. good call, but good call is go the Blue Cross Blue Shield. Here.
0: And, and I think the call of the tournament, obviously, and maybe one of the great college basketball games in recent uh, memory, the Gonzaga, UCLA, Tiff. But the fact that uh, Mark, Mark Pugh had the command and presence to run that last three and a half seconds without the timeout, not letting UCLA set up the defense. And of course, uh, allowing Suggs to make a straight-line uh, 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 drive beyond midcourt, where he got off that amazing shot. So, Mark, to you by not calling the timeout—you know—that was the, uh, the 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 good call was a no-call in this case.
2: Yeah. So, the good call of the week, brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. All right. What's your bad call of the week? Well, you know,
0: we'll just keep it with the tournament game. And, you know, you and I talked a little bit about strategy. We both coached you, coach your basketball down there in Hattiesburg and on and on. Uh, We talked about uh, the strategy of, you know, the last minute, the last 30 seconds, the last seconds in in a ball game. You know, that's where coaches really, you know, they're making their money right there. But the fact that during the course of the game, especially not being able to advance the basketball, The fact that you don't have a timeout after that last-made basket uh, for UCLA. I think Nick Cronin did a great job, don't get me wrong, but if they would have had the timeout to call there, uh, they would have been able to set up their defense, and most likely that percentage of that last shot would have been much lower.
2: Wow! So you got a so, uh, good call yeah. for Few, bad call for Cronin, who I I concur has done an absolutely amazing job uh, there at UCLA. Isn't a fantastic by way, coach?
0: By the way, he was their fifth choice, Cronin.
2: Wow! Wow! I think that worked out well for them, didn't
0: it? Well, fell into their lap. Yeah, and it's great to see. Great to see them, uh, you know, regain some of their program. You know. Uh, Lester.
2: and helped by a, a very very good uh, transfer portal player in Juzang that we mentioned. I'm sure Cal wished he had back uh, this year. All right, so uh, we got the last couple minutes and I, I want to get your thoughts on tonight's game: Gonzaga Baylor national championship. Uh, we've got the we've got the stash versus the mullet. We've got Mitchell versus Suggs. Who you got tonight? Gonzaga or Baylor? Well, let me
0: tell you, I, I'm torn. My eyeballs from what I saw on the Final Four will tell me that, you know, Baylor is more physically strong, athletic. There are two guards, you know, Mitchell and what's the other kid's name? Oh, man, um, I, I can't remember. Porter, I forget the other, the other guard. Uh, they, they are, you know, top shelf. They're really the cream of the crop. Uh, but in my pool, I'm just going gonna, gonna to mojo myself. I'm in a pool here with the school with you guys. And if Gonzaga wins, I'll be cashing the (laughs) C-Note. So, you know, not big-time stuff, but, you know, we keep it interesting. And uh, so I'm going to have to pull for the Zags. I've never voted for them in a tournament bracket before, but I got them in my bracket. And so uh, I'm kind of scared of voter but I'm rooting for the Zags.
2: All right. You heard it right here on the Coach's Challenge with the judge. Jim Judge, all the way from Phoenix, Arizona, joins us every week. Yep. And uh, we appreciate uh, appreciate him. And he's going Josh, with the Zags. Yes, sir. Josh, you got one more second? Yes, sir.
0: All right. Uh, I wanted to correct myself from last week. By the way, I was corrected. I, I was going out when we were talking about, you know, all Mississippi, uh oh, yeah all- I threw out Joe Morning, and my uh, I was corrected by my great nephew Joey Dorman, yeah, and he did go. the research and he let you know. And I, I had a feeling when he challenged me, I was wrong, but I was looking for Purvis Short. There you go. Never nervous. Never Purvis nervous. Purvis the greatest peer shooters of all time, at oh, Hattiesburg uh, High School, and of course at Jackson State. Yep. But he was an awesome terrific. peer shooter for the Warriors.
2: Terrific player. Terrific years. player. Well, Uncle Jim, we thank right, you for thank joining you. us, and uh, we'll look forward to having you next week. That's going to do it here, and upon further review, we're going to leave you with the wise words of Will Smith. Throughout life, people will make you mad, disrespect you, and treat you bad. Let God deal with the things they do, because hate in your heart will consume you, too. Always tell the truth, say your prayers, hold doors, pull out chairs, easy on the swears. You're living proof that dreams come true. God loves you, and he is here for you. Next week, 6 to 8 p.m. here on Monday nights. Upon further review, come back and see us.